0: Intention, interior trucking companies. If you are relying on facility insurance,
1: you could be overpaying. Reduce your insurance cost by 10000 or more per truck. And good news, we accept drivers with only one year of experience. To learn more, just send us text by typing insurance to 365-364-0714. Thank you. And who do we have on the show this week? Mr. Scott Ray, president of Avatar Fleet. And Scott says things like, I hate empty trucks. I hate that you turn down loads. The only thing I hate more is how drivers tend to be treated in the trucking industry. The customer is not always right in trucking because their delays, mistakes and lack of empathy hurt the driver's paycheck. Your mistakes in dispatching training compliance hurt the driver's paycheck. Construction traffic jams, and the lack of parking spaces all hurt the driver's paycheck. The driver is on a commission job where the majority of issues are outside of his or her control. The customer used to always be right and was always prior prioritized ahead of the driver. You can't operate that way anymore. Every decision you make needs to be driver centric. Scott Ray. Welcome to the Dog On It Trucking Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harris, Safety Dog. And when it comes to trucking safety, the dog is on it. What are you getting when you listen or watch this podcast? I am so privileged to be able to sit and discuss with a variety of trucking influencers, a wide range of trucking topics. And you get to hear their perspective on an enormous range of issues. Please. If you would show your appreciation for the podcast by leaving a thumbs up, a comment, a rating, depending on the platform of your choice that you're listening or watching with, it would help me so much raise the profile of this show and bring it and make it available to even more listeners. So thank you very much. I appreciate you and your time that that takes. Now let's get on with the show. I'm so excited to have Scott Ray. Scott, how are you?
0: I'm excellent. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. You're um, now my second American to have on the show and I'm right. Expand on that, of course. Uh, Heather Fry was on uh, last week. So, just so you know, but, and she's the uh, Truckers Against Trafficking.
0: Right. Yep. And uh, so, it's a good chance week. to meet her last week as well.
1: Yeah. At the uh, TTSAO conference. Yes, sir. So, Avatar Fleet. What can you tell us a little bit about what you do and what Avatar Fleet's all about?
0: Sure thing. Um, So I'm the president of Avatar Fleet, and what we do is we help transportation companies with driver recruiting, compliance, training, and retention. So we're going about that with either software or services to help fill the funnel, stay out of the crosshairs of the federales, uh, train them up once you've got them. And that can be from training experienced drivers or turning newbies into seasoned pros. And you've invested a lot of time and energy by the time you've done all that. So we think you should keep them as well.
1: Well, I was going to say, what would be the, or I was going to ask, what would be one of the challenges of recruiting? uh, Sorry, uh, what's one of the challenges of retaining drivers today?
0: Well, uh, that's, it's obviously an easier said than done component. Um, A lot of times with retention, It's the straw that breaks the camel's back when, and that's the event that's focused on, but anyone trying to figure out from a macro level what's happening, if you focus on that single event, you're probably missing the picture. And so I would say the single biggest challenge or the, as well as the thing that helps the most is a regimented check-in process, preventing those straws from breaking the camel's back uh, in the beginning. And so, one, uh, while it's complicated to execute, but a regimented process of check-ins from the dispatcher or driver manager that has nothing to do with the load that day, but how you're doing, combining with with these are the expectations that we set, and not just doing it once a quarter, but talking about it weekly. And someone from payroll in that first week, Chris, your first check's coming in the mail. Let's make sure, let's talk through, make sure you understand it, you know how to read it, you can interpret it, um, that it aligns with what you thought. And how about a call from the president? So if you kind of see my point of these check-in points, a lot of times the driver doesn't want to ask or tell you if something is itching them. You got to go out and and ask them. And it's not a survey. And maybe it's a text, maybe it's a phone call. depends on who that driver is. But you got to start it off. And that's what we've seen is if you're not initiating it, you're not going to hear from them.
1: So what I think I heard was um, not hand-holding, but a little more reaching out being proactive and saying hi to the driver when it's not about the load that particular day, it's just about mm-hmm. how in the heck are you?
0: Mm-hmm. A Absolutely.
1: A particular, like the thought of the president phoning somebody in the first week or several uh, days, perhaps what would the president say to a fellow if he, you know, to welcome him onto the fleet?
0: Yeah, we love doing it in the first couple of weeks and. You know, it, it can be as simple as a welcome. Chris, glad to have you on board. Really glad you're a part of the team. Um, you know, which just want you know that we really appreciate you. Here's some things that are important to us. Here's a little bit of our company history. Here's our mission, vision, values, and uh, you know, just excited to make you part of the family. It could be a two-minute phone call, but think about how many company presidents aren't making that two-minute phone call. Uh, I think that helps you stand out from the pack.
1: I can't think of any company presidents that are making the phone call, at least not in in my community. Um, So how does Avatar Fleet reach out to help uh, set some of these things in motion?
0: Yeah, so simply put, we're actually not the ones making the phone calls as we are building the software to track that process. So that's actually something that is not something that we've built but we've got a couple clients that are pushing us in that direction and the short story chris is i've just seen a lot of it we've got a handful that do it we recommended it they said good idea how should i do that scott and i said well you know the old school way is excel sheets and that's at least you're doing it but that gets cumbersome and so what we're working on with a couple clients right now is mapping out what that would look like um and after you've hired somebody so that's so if you got if you've got any friends that would like to help sketch it out we're looking for them.
1: Well, I'm hoping to uh, get you some help through this, you know, but uh, (laughs) so uh, compliance training, you're talking here about training the president and dispatchers and payroll people, um, probably not training so much as educating in this case. Uh, How would you go about training? What does Avatar do for training of drivers?
0: Sure. No, and actually I would say that what we do have available is leadership development so that is training for those folks, the driver manager, um, the, the president, and that's where some of those concepts came from. The tool I was talking about is more from a, a company that goes through our, our leadership development program and said, that's a really good idea. Now that that tool was about the implementation of said good idea. And on the training side, we do three flavors. Online, self-directed, uh, a train-the-trainer process called triple LC instructor and driver certification and uh, finishing school. So again, hiring someone from say a TTSAO school and turning that new student into a season pro.
1: Okay, so taking, you're talking about a new grad now, Mm -hmm. um, maybe coming from a TTSAO school or from a PTDI school. I gotta keep my my American friends happy, come on. Absolutely. (laughs) so what would the process look like for hiring a brand new uh, or a driver with less than a year's experience look like from Avatar Fleet's point of view?
0: Well, yeah, and it's actually PTDI's point of view as well. So we work together with, with PTDI on this curriculum. And, your know, first thing is in order to execute a curriculum, you need a small army, whether that's one, two or 15, depending on your size, Of instructors and so Chris you're familiar with the triple C yes instructor certification program so we'll put you on the spot you know can you remember can you rattle off triple LC what it stands for
1: oh you have put me on the spot but uh, look ahead leave room uh, look around and communicate
0: all right good because if if you didn't remember was gonna completely disprove my point which is it's an easier process of what we built um, and as you can see, those components rattle off nicely if you're doing commentary driving, both from the instructor and the driver standpoint. Um, so anyways, a guy like you, Chris, will get certified and you actually have helped us create other triple C instructors. And what we've done is create a deeper level called finishing school instructor. And that was what we did in concert with PTDI where we're taking a deeper dive on the different types of personalities that you're gonna see out there. We're going to talk about different learning styles and different teaching styles, specifically for an adult learner, and not only an adult learner, a truck driver. And that is very different than teaching a fifth grader, as anyone with kids knows. So we talk about those different personalities, those different concepts, and relay them specifically to the truck driving profession.
1: So that's, what was
0: your take, Chris, after going through it?
1: Well, the, the L C program I really liked because for several reasons, it was simple, Um, A lot of it was done online, and then I got to meet with your partner, I think, uh, Mark, Mm -hmm. and uh, he came up for a half a day of training, I believe, and then we went for a drive in the afternoon where we all got to participate in the three different uh, functions or roles that an instructor would go through, and that was a learning experience because I myself had never done and never been taught commentary driving, which can you explain uh, to our viewers and watchers what commentary driving is?
0: Sure. Um, One client, he called it a disease in a good way because once he got it in his brain, he couldn't stop it. And so simply put, everywhere in our our head, there's a running commentary. And that's the only way that we can understand what's going on, Chris, in a trainee's noodle and what's happening in their head. And so what commentary driving is is simply that, describing what you see as you're driving so the instructor understands. So what it might sound like is I'm looking ahead, uh, establishing a a safe following distance. I'm gonna leave room. Let's count it off. One, two, three, four. Okay, we've got a safe following distance. Uh, I'm looking around, checking my mirrors every three to five seconds. And one of your colleagues and the TTSC instructor of the year, Doug, always had a question that stuck with me where he said, hey, Scotty, what color was that car on the on-ramp? And my response to him was, what car? And he goes, exactly, check your mirrors more often. And so that's the, a good example of a good instructor is not one that tells you what to see, but in in between your commentary driving, ask that right question to get you, get you thinking because self-realization is the goal.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, the way drivers of both cars and trucks operate today, um, if you're not driving on the defensive, you're in for big trouble. Mm -hmm. Now what's Avatar's approach to driver recruiting?
0: Hmm. Yeah. And in, in one, I guess one phrase would be the purple cow. And for those of Mr. Seth Godin, that's right. That's right. And that's all about differentiation. So from my experience, recruiting drug drivers, there's a lot of people saying the same thing. I call it the sea of sameness. And meaning at, at Scott's Trucking Company and Chris's Trucking Company, if I can put your logo, Chris, on my ad, and everything applies, well, that's not a very effective ad. That might as, we might as well be advertising for you. Yeah. And so my, my point is, you see, we're gonna treat you with respect, great home time, great pay. Well, what does that really mean? And one that's also in the eye of the beholder, but that's nothing specific about that. So that's the first piece is the mes- the message your unique pitch, the purple cow. And then the other side, in order to know what's working, you need to, A, make it frictionless to apply, whether you're in the States or Canada, the Ministry of Transportation and the Department of Transportation have made it difficult because they just made it a long, cumbersome process. So you've got to make it simple and Typically, for a 55-year-old, that's the average age in the States. Not sure if, if it's the same up
1: north. Might be a little older up here.
0: <laughs> so, you know, not tech-heavy guys like us, Chris. You know, like we were struggling to get on the Skype meeting. But we got to make them so that they can, a 55-year-old can get through that app on, on his phone. You know, what we've seen is that 95% of last year applied on a mobile device. That was within our software.
1: Sorry, what was that percentage again?
0: 95. Wow. And that that cuts across. Um, that's truckload less than truckload. That's motor coach. That's school bus, urban, rural. If you think about it, that's that's a it's a mobile workforce. So you've got to meet them where they are.
1: Yeah, and, and the, I mean, to me, that's huge and shocking. Um, although, in some ways, maybe not shocking that a lot of drivers uh, can't use a computer very. Well, because they don't work in an office or they're working in their truck. And a computer to them is an ELD system. Basically they mm-hmm. had the opportunity really to have a keyboard. It's the mobile number of 95% though. That's huge. That so we've got. Me.
0: So many clients that are coming from a paper process to electronic, they see a big jump for that simple reason: is they've expanded their hiring radius, and what I mean by that is, you know, we've got some clients that you had to walk in the door during the hours of nine to five to apply. Well, the, who can do that? A driver who's unemployed. So is that the driver that you really want? Probably not. You want the driver who's working during the day, who or who is on the other side of the country, because he got stuck out there, missing his son's baseball game or football game or whatever it is, and he using that time when he's frustrated is when he's going to be motivated to apply. So take advantage of that opportunity. Don't make him come in and walk by the shop because he might say, eh, you know, screw it because he can go anywhere he wants, and the companies that have that online application that's mobile first are going to get that candidate.
1: Well, and I was reading in the paper today about a large uh, U.S. retailer who ex- uh, is planning to expand they're hiring. And, uh, so when you talk about having to stand out when you're competing against somebody like that, how do you stand out? What are some of the tricks of the trade that you can share? Um, there may be some that you don't want to share until they're customers, but what can you tell us about good recruiting techniques?
0: Yeah. So I, you know, the simple concept is one man's trash is another man's treasure. So don't get hooked on, um, trying to compete with say a large retailer, um, because that may may not be the right thing for what gets your drivers excited. So there's a simple tool that we use called defining Your Driver Personas. And if anyone's interested, Chris, I'm happy to give a link for your listeners to download. And the reason why I start here is this process of creating your personas allows you to understand what are the three to five personas you're going to market to. And I guess I'll describe personas and think about it as a a way to organize a group of people. Okay. Um, and kind of like a mass group of people. So you can give a more tailored message to uh, a group of people that feels like it really hits home to them. So you typically speaking, maybe it's, it's, I'll give three examples I've seen. I've seen like there's an OTR position, a regional position, a local position, well, those jobs solve different problems for different people. So what you really understand is for those personas, what are their challenges? What are their goals in life? How can you help them overcome their challenges to hit their goals? How does that job help them do that? And so usually in trucking it's centered around someone's, uh, like your job title is typically how it's organized. But by really understanding who that person is, what motivates, what makes them tick, allows you to create a message that resonates with them. And so the, the simple thing is, you know, I wouldn't, I, I always say, look at the competition and see what they're doing, but start first with your existing drivers. What is it they love working about your place? Some guy named Bob has been there for 10 years and he loves it here and he's planning on retiring. Well, who, what is it that's causing Bob to stay here? What makes him love his job? Let's go find 10 more Bobs. Right. And so as you build your personas, we like to put names to them. And so if you would just want to call it Bob Jones, because you have your, know, you've been in meetings, right? As everyone goes, well, we want, you know, we'll, like Bob. Why can't we be like Bob? Well, let, let's go be intentional about finding Bob.
1: Yeah, and that that would be um, one different, two very strategic. Uh, you know, one of the things you just mentioned about personas. Why would I be advertising uh, to over the road drivers when I want regional drivers, for instance? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as you said, different things appeal to different drivers. Uh, depending on what their needs and wants are.
0: Yeah. If I can provide a a specific example there. So, you know, I came from a a carrier where we were offering a a guaranteed paycheck, which in the regional side was pretty unique. And we were doing 1200 a week. And I remember one of the, on the ads on Facebook that we served up, a driver said 60 a year. I can't even eat on that. Hey, that's okay. That's, you're not our guy. Right. So we didn't, we didn't, lose any sleep that whoever that was thought that that was a crappy job because he wasn't who we were going after the pain point we were trying to solve was not the high dollar job because there were higher dollar jobs right probably some of that retailer that you described but what we could guarantee was hey we could guarantee weekly home time and you knew your paycheck was going to be a flat amount and some people with the family and this is what we discovered people with the family wanted that they valued that consistent paycheck they could provide for that. They could make their F one hundred and fifty payment, their mortgage, put their kids through school. The up and down was what killed them, and so they were willing to take. Maybe yeah, I don't make eighty this year, but I know I'm going to make sixty, and I know I'm not going to make fifty, and that was important to them.
1: Yeah, I, I would think anybody with uh, wives and kids that would be a huge bonus if you can you know spell it out like that. So, what aren't companies doing in a recruiting frame of mind that you see? way too frequently. Um, You probably have you in Canada here, we have a magazine called Over the Road. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know it's down in the States as well, but we have a different, uh, it's a different magazine, same uh, name, but it's a recruiting for truck driver magazine. What do you see in that type of magazine that carriers aren't doing or maybe they're doing well?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the first thing I guess would be the the where you spend your money is is important, and you know, just asking the driver how'd you hear about us isn't always a reliable source. So we used to get responses like the internet, um, well, that's not helpful. Um, someone might also say Indeed. Well, there's other jobs boards out there that will aggregate. They're called aggregators, and they'll post on Indeed. So, to the driver's defense, she or he clicked on the Indeed ad. I was here or she to know that that was not that was actually an all truck jobs ad or whatever.
1: Right.
0: So you got to have the digital tracking. You got to have the tracking in place, so you know exactly where to spend your money. Because if you're asking, you're doing one step over flying blind. But so to answer your questions, I see a lot of flying blind out there, and at best they're asking how did you hear about us, and that's just not that's not reliable. And with the tech with the tracking links and software like what we have, use it. Any good applicant tracking system for, for truck drivers has got those links, and you got to be using that so you know where to spend your money. So that's part one. Don't fly blind. Um, part two is from a – again, depends on your personas and who you're going after, but there's a lot. Everyone is looking for that younger driver. And Chris – remember, I think his name was Lou who gave a presentation from one of those magazines. Mm-hmm. And he even said, he said, look at the numbers here of millennials that are reading our newspaper. And it was in the single digits, and his takeaway was, if you're going to be advertising with us and you want to get a younger viewer, if you're going print, you're going to be sorely disappointed. And this was the guy who has the magazine, right? Yep. So, so digital is the way to go for um, not only the younger generation, but I will go back to that stat of why did 95% of our clients apply online? Well, part of it is we're pushing them in that direction uh, for two reasons. The first is I think that's truly where they are, and there are a lot of truck drivers. We get in the states. You know, there's over 1.5 million truck drivers on Facebook, so they're there. Um, if you look at, um, so that's kind of part one. Is as you're picking where to go, though. Part two, this is the concept of Moneyball that I share the TTSO presentation, which is what you're looking for. And again, when you're trying to compete with that, say that re- retailer they're spending buku bucks on advertising and some of the large 4 hire fleets, their budgets, their monthly recruiting budget, you know, we're talking a million dollars a month for some of these guys. So we've got carriers spending more money on advertising than probably than some of the folks listening on this make in that year. So how do you compete with that? You know, the analogy is, Hey, that's the one A's, you know, or the Tampa Bay Rays. How do we compete when we just don't have that same budget? Right and and that digital advertising levels the playing field because if i want to go buy an ad in that newspaper it's the same price for everyone but on the digital advertising standpoint if you're doing your keyword research properly you can find value low cost per clicks that the big dogs haven't figured out yet and that's it's an open playing field it's not just biggest pocketbook wins yeah
1: smarter
0: the, the more nimble smart shiftier folks you can get your you can get in there and compete why
1: well, it- just recently I've started to do a lot more work on what you just mentioned, keyword research, not for driver recruiting, because that's not my business, but for one of the other things. And of course I'm a small guy. Um, and I need to compete against some of the bigger guys who their advertising budget, as you say, would be God, it's a hundred times mine. So I have to be very selective and I want to dominate a keyword perhaps as opposed to trying to be everywhere to everybody.
0: That's exactly right. Yep. Pick your one to five and dominate.
1: Yeah. uh, And and that's what it's interesting. I'm just learning so much more about this kind of stuff. Um, But let's change subjects a little. Uh, Well, before we change subjects, anything else you want to mention about recruiting, and then we'll get into compliance, but how does avatar help a company be a better recruiter?
0: Uh, It's the tool simply put well, so avatar has a tool yes yeah, so, yep so the, it's for designed they have the space is the applicant tracking system and some of those pieces and parts that i mentioned are the marketing side we can give you processes and and, and ebooks and templates to follow but that's really you and your and your organization um, creating that message What we're going to is how can you distribute that message? So integration with jobs, boards, Indeed, things like that. And when it's out there, how do you track it? So you know where they're coming from and where to spend your money next month. And then make it, going back to that, um, make it easy to apply. How can you reduce friction? How can you make it simple to capture a bunch of paperwork on a phone for someone who's in their fifties? And then the final piece is more touches every day. If you can send out 10 more texts a day or make 10 more phone calls um, because you're talking with the right people. Or we've done some mass, some automation through sending off mass messages. What are ways that you can do more each day because you've got tools that eliminate the busy work and keep you focused on contact with live bodies? Whether that's a phone call, an interview, you know, how can we eliminate data entry so you're not spending 10 minutes to run a background screen, you're spending 10 minutes to call five more prospects? So that's that's what that software is all about.
1: Well, that's cool because, you know, I can see a lot of carriers. Well, I I've seen their recruiting processes and uh, they're not they're not good. Just to be polite, but anyways, compliance. What is Avatar doing in the in the area of compliance that um, you can share with us?
0: So it's a similar theme which is automation of of the busy work. And as anyone knows that's brought on a a driver, you're managing a driver qualification file, regardless of which side of the border you're on, there's certain documents that are required. And what we see a lot is, hey, we've hired someone, let's shove a bunch of paperwork in front of them, we're gonna waste two hours of orientation, signing and filling paper.
1: Just two hours of orientation?
0: We've seen four, but two is the average. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like signing your mortgage, right? I actually think the mortgage might be more fun than some of the paperwork I've seen.
1: Yeah.
0: At least you're getting a house at the end of that one. Um, so the, you know, how can you, if you look at any of those applications, uh, MOT or DOT compliant, we know a lot about you because it's a pretty hefty application. And then we're going to ask you to write that same information in, in a piece of paper ten more t- you know, 100 more times. So that's how we take that down to 15 minutes is we just pre-populate all the information we already know about you, have you electronically sign it. Some people do it before orientation, some people do it during, but regardless, you're taking it from two hours to 15 minutes. The nice thing about that is that what our best clients are doing are doing are inserting our driver training in that two hours that they just got back. Now you're doing it, or giving a big hug and welcome to the family. Maybe the president takes that time and walks in to say hello. Does that in person as opposed to on the phone? The do anything better except for signing paperwork. you got a lot of options.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen um, carriers with an orientation, uh, two hours is minimal. I've seen two days. I know of one carrier that's closer to five days. Um, and the, the problem I have with not the five-day program, but the one-day-and-less programs, often the driver's not even getting paid to attend to mm-hmm. be there for that hmm which how, it's got to affect your retention, your recruiting pro, prospects, everything.
0: Yeah. You want to start off on the right foot.
1: Yeah. Cause I think abusing drivers, um, to be mean, that's the shippers and the receivers jobs, we shouldn't be, uh, abusing our own employees and workers. So
0: yeah, they got enough flack. Yeah. yeah I'm so,
1: it, it, so that, it's terrible.
0: So that's part one to it. Um, and then part two is after you've brought someone on board, you're required to just keep up with um, your expiring documents, such as their license an abstract, MVR, um, certificate of violations, anything that expires. So a reminder system, simply put. Um, so text the driver, ask for a copy of that new license. You put it in its nice little home. You can view it. And if you ever get an audit, God forbid, we'll knock on the wood that no one gets one this week that you've got it all in one place so he said the auditor come in and say like to see chris and scott and larry and joe and fred and i like to see these five records you can tee that up and present it to him we've actually had an auditor complete it from his hotel room in his pajamas he was a lot happier our client was a lot happier and it's so i about getting that auditor out the door quicker
1: and nobody had to see the auditor in their pajamas
0: that's right <laughs> <laughs>
1: Some of these auditors, I wouldn't want to see them in there. No,
0: unless you're skyping them in like this. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, uh, that's cool. So you do a lot of work in compliance. What are some of the strategies, uh, an avatar client might, uh, use for driver retention?
0: Yeah. So, I uh, you know, we hit on that, that check-in process in the beginning. And the reason why I started there is I really think that's uh, a nice bang for your buck. Um, and it just, it, it just works. I've seen it work. And many, many clients, many different sectors of, of transportation. Um, another simple thing, Chris, is, a, it's, is it's not even a software. It's a piece of paper. And it's what we call an expectations document. And just by setting the expectations on day one, that says, Mr. Driver, this is what we expect of you. And then almost equally importantly, this is what you can expect of us. And we both sign this document together. That there shows it's a level playing field. Going back to... When you say we treat you with respect, that's a very broad, platitude-filled statement. Here's a really good example of we're setting the tone up front. It eliminates confusion. And again, we're trying to eliminate those straws that break the camel back. That's been a really simple tool that, and we look at it every month, that that driver driver manager can have that conversation. and If anyone goes awry, either way, the driver or the driver manager, you've got a tool. And what's beauty, there's a magic a term out there called uh, triangulation. And so by putting that paper out there, Chris, you and I are looking at this paper saying, hey, we're not, someone's not living up to their expectation here. Right. How can we work together to solve that? Um, And just by us being on the same side, looking at that thing helps eliminate some of any conflict that could be perceived to be building up. And we're just working together to solve a problem as a team, not me versus you.
1: Yeah. I mean, that sounds a heck of a lot better than the fleets that I've driven for in the past, because there was no conversation really going back and forth.
0: Yeah. Did you ever have any structure to those one-to-ones, Chris, or was that not even a thing? There was never, you know, it wasn't even a 15 or 20 minute monthly. Hello. How are you doing?
1: No, there was never, um, that type of feedback. I mean, I often saw my dispatcher, but it was just to pick up the paperwork, uh, not really to talk, just, you know, here it is. Get out the door, get going to work. Um, Right. We had to have annual reviews, but that's what it was, it was annual. Uh, it was a piece of paper only. You're familiar with the document from the DOT. Pretty much we use the yeah. same thing in Canada and it wasn't even a one-on-one interview,
0: so, right?
1: Uh, you know, did it make you uh, stay? No, I don't think it was a good retention strategy.
0: It was a compliance strategy.
1: <laughs> that was it. Uh,
0: yeah. Stay out, stay out of the doghouse.
1: Yeah. And you know, hopefully you don't get to see that D O T officer in his pajamas. (laughs) I've got that in my head. (laughs) Hey, uh, we're just about wrapping up just to be respectful of your time. Scott, what else should somebody know about avatar that we haven't covered yet?
0: Yeah, I I think we covered all the the big pieces and parts. Um, so I think short story, just keep it this simple. If, if there's something out there that you think um, you can need a little, you can do a little bit better on your recruiting, compliance, training, retention. Um, and even if it's not from buying one of our tools, we've created online content. So uh, resources for you to download in the forms of eBooks, templates. There's presentations that uh, Mark Garner, CEO or myself have gone out and we've recorded. So we're out here trying to be a resource. And uh, if we can help with our tools, outstanding And if nothing else, um, some of our free tools may help you at least get some juices going. So that's what I would encourage people to, I'll give you a couple links for folks to download Chris in the bottom here. And if nothing else, our blog. uh, So if you're at avatarfleet.com, you can subscribe to our blog and we'll give you something. We try to give a a tidbit a week uh, in your inbox. um, That's either something to stew on, think about or a tool to download.
1: So in the show notes, we're gonna have those links. Uh, for the listeners and watchers to uh, click on and download. Anything else, Scott?
0: No, I just want to thank you for the time. It was a lot of fun.
1: Ah, This is something, as you know, this is relatively new for me and it is, it's fun. Uh, I get to learn like today about Avatar Fleet and uh, we've had a relationship uh, in the past. I've got to be in your building in Cleveland. And you've got one heck of a uh, movie studio there, kind of. Uh, But you know, I I get to learn more by talking to you today. I appreciate your time and I thank you so much for that. Scott, thanks. I Hope you loved the show as much as I did. That was a great interview and I thank you for hanging in there to the end. Please leave us a like, a thumbs up, a review, a comment, a rating. If it is a, thank you so much. And I do really appreciate your time. And join us again next week for another exciting interview.